Susan Finch here, your host today for Rooted in Revenue. And my guest is one of my favorite resources, a favorite person, Karen Maris of Beyond Words Media. Welcome, Karen. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad you could join me to have this conversation is very near and dear to your heart. And it has to do with, guys, don't look like a noob on your homepage. And by that, I mean, we work on our images, our look, our colors, our logo, the speed, we work on all of that, but sometimes we make the biggest mistake by not getting extra people to help us with the proofing. The words are the next thing that stands out once your page loads. And if there's a typo in your header, if there's a typo in the first opening paragraph or actually anywhere on the page, they're going to bounce right on out. Right. Because that makes you look careless. You do. You look careless and they don't think you have your act together. And I know a lot of people say, oh, people don't care that much about grammar and that stuff anymore. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And the people writing the checks, yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> and it's your entire company's reputation, everybody out there representing you. So you're doing a disservice to your sales force, to your marketing team, to everybody. Have a proofer at the ready. Have somebody that can help you out restructuring. And I rely heavily on Karen to go through and proof. Don't look at everything on my site right now because we're still cleaning things up. I just got a new theme recently. And so she's helping me clean all that up. But I want to emphasize how important it is for us to have somebody on our team that can convey company culture, the tone that you want that's consistent representing your whole brand. So it sounds like it's still coming from you, but a very educated, capable you. The capable part's the biggest part. You know, nobody's going to trust you full of typos. You were just talking about a headline that you saw recently on a big brand. Yes, I saw somebody who had published a newsletter test oh. out to their Facebook feed. Oh, go ahead. Call them out. Who was it? BuzzFeed. <laughs> well, it's BuzzFeed, but still. So what the, happened? The headline said, newsletter test unpublish. Nice. And when you clicked on it, it gave you a 404. So there was nothing there for you to look at. <laughs> and they sent it to the entire feed, their entire Facebook fan feed. Slow down on the click. It's true. I mean, before we had to worry about print and printing massive amounts of brochures and flyers and postcards and things like that, where you proof it, you know, five, six, seven times before it goes to press, because you can't take that, take all that back and just like, oh, let me just quickly fix that hit update. But now we have, yes, it's quick that we can correct everything. And that's wonderful. And when people, you know, that we've emailed things to, they send you the link back and say, oh, didn't know if you saw this typo. That's embarrassing. It's easy to fix, but it's easy to prevent by slowing down with your submit your publish, your schedule, your send clicks. And it doesn't just apply to your homepage. It applies to your emails, like Karen just said. It applies to you, the regular emails you send out, your texts you send out. Yes, we're more casual text, Karen, but talk about you know text etiquette. When we're texting our clients and things, we know everybody's a lot more forgiving on typos because Siri's stupid and we, and we dictate a lot to Siri and have her type for us. I've seen people put disclaimers in their signature about, you know, forgive me, Siri is my secretary type of thing. Business text, that's another thing, double check. It seems that we are always in a hurry, especially with the internet, first to get there, first to publish, first to jump on a new idea or a news story or something that we think fits in with what our fits in with the brand that we're trying to market or convey. And so this goes for text too. Stop for a second and double check. It only takes a minute for you to take a deep breath, take a look at what you've written, fix what's not correct, and then send it out. 
it makes you look a lot smarter, a lot more thoughtful, and a lot more deliberate. And let's add in credible, trustworthy, and capable. I think sometimes we get caught up, especially if we're texting clients or prospects, because they've reached out to us like, oh, cool, you know, we can just text and do this. And we are so excited that we have their attention. And we're in that moment. We don't want to miss that opportunity. And we end up at that point, like you said, just rushing carelessly and hitting send or dictating or doing it without putting our glasses on or doing it while driving or something else. Yes, I know you all still do that while driving. I mean, I constantly dictate to Siri. And when it's to friends and things, it's like good enough, they'll know what I mean when she reads it back. But with our, our clients, we really have to take that time, folks, slow down. That's just one piece of it. But I have to say the, the websites, I'm stunned at the mistakes. And especially when they're talking about their competitors, their own brand, the specialties that they do, who knows, you know, the numbers that they provide, the stats and things you would know. Because if I see typos there, I'm going to assume that their reports are going to be off and any other statistics and things that they quote to me might be off and I might have to ask them. That one typo can plant a seed that will grow in your prospect or your client's mind as to whether or not you are diligent thoughtful, and on top of things. I've found too, the difficulty in undoing. It's expensive to undo in many ways. It's expensive because of the time you have to waste, sometimes the resources to reprint or to contact somebody to redo something. But it's really difficult to undo that damage, that initial subconscious damage that's done with those typos. And especially because the as soon as you hit publish, there's RSS feeds, it goes out instantly, and you reeling all of that back in is almost impossible. Oh, that's true. It's so many folks are tied to things, you know, between Salesforce, HubSpot, um, all, all the other CRMs and systems and things to communicate automatically to make our lives easier. It makes it impossible to stop the error from going out. There is no undo there. Nope. And I've had some people even trying, well, I'm just going to redo that post and I'll change what the, the permalink is and things, or I'll change that permalink too, because it had a typo in it. And so when people go to the link, they already see a typo in the link itself, which is embarrassing, but you can't change that either because that will make the link broken for everybody that already received it, even if you correct the post. So be careful about that, folks. You know, your undo process needs to be very thoughtful as well. And I think it's appropriate in those situations and can actually maybe save the situation for you to mea culpa yourself to say this went out in error we reeled it back in now is corrected here you go you can do about one of those a year maybe but it's important to to actually do it in a way that is appropriate for the situation that you're in oops we screwed it up we're right. gonna put this back in here you go again and you're absolutely right once a year, you do that a couple times, you start looking like it's a habit instead of a mistake. Right. And that's a nice differentiation. People do make mistakes, but when you make them often, you're sloppy. It's a habit. Yep. And I have to call myself out because I, I have had instances of sloppiness with clients and it is difficult to go back and I end up crediting them for whatever the project was, the task was, and that alone makes you learn really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, and if it's your brand and you have customers who are paying you to do that for them and then you end up having to credit their money back to them, you lose money. So mistakes cost money. They do. Diligence and making sure that you take the time to proofread 
ask another person to come in and take a look at it for you because if you've been mired in it, sometimes you see things, you skim right over what you may be a mistake because you've been so involved in it that the having somebody else take a look plants the seed that you are going to be careful. Right. So this is a good breaking point, folks. We're going to have a quick break for a commercial. Paul, we will have you go ahead and take us to that commercial and we'll be back in a minute to talk more and give you some action items on ways to prevent this and solve it. For those of you who are overwhelmed with your marketing and content to-do list, there is help on the way. You can let Susan Finch, our host, lighten your load. Creating strategic, thoughtful solutions to time shortage problems in marketing, connecting, building, sharing all the tasks that you dread. She can take your one piece of content and help you use it nine different ways while you keep doing what you do best, which is probably selling or designing or putting your business together. If you have the time, she can help you create your content engagement plan, too, and you pick and choose what you want to do. It's a menu of options. Some of her favorite tasks for clients include things like video training libraries for the most common tasks you have, those tasks that you're tired of training people to do over and over again. How about branding and logo packages? Everybody's interested in that. Or the one I'm always intrigued by, site thin out and update. When's the last time you took a weed whacker to your site or updated it with new information? She can also do social media posting. She can plan and produce your podcast. Her mantra is very simple. Create, inspire, inspire, advocate, ignite, and then repeat. If that's a formula you'd like to put into effect in your business, there's only one place to go to, SusanFinch.com. Check it out, Susan Finch. All right, I'm back with my guest, Karen Maris of Beyond Words Media, and we're talking about proofing and how a typo can cost you money and how it can take a while to recover from the cost of that typo too. So it all affects revenue. And that's what we talk about here on Rooted in Revenue. So we're going to get back to some action items, Karen. And I want to start with um, the topic of drip campaigns. Okay. Sometimes we've created them, especially small businesses. We've created them long ago. We continue to add to them as we should, but we forget to revisit old. So what's a good way for them to, to review that, prevent that? Well, I would assign someone to that specific drip campaign and say, go back through, check these out, periodically make sure they're up to date, make sure they make sense for the situation you're in now, as opposed to the situation you were when you set it up, change dates, change names, make sure that everything is still operating the way that you intend. Right. And then set it back out for the drip. Uh, if you are in a situation where you can't do that, where you're a one person shop, then take one at a time, break it up into chunks so that you don't feel overwhelmed and start going faster than you should. And uh, just keep doing that on an ongoing basis so that you stay on top, you continue using the voice and the brand image of your client, and that makes you look good. It helps them keep their subscribers. And ongoing, it will make sure that you are presenting the best of what you can do. Well, exactly. I'm looking, I mean, I'm having to go through all of my drips because I've had them for a while and I have, you know, probably 150 of them. 
and going back through with the demise of Google Plus. Yes. So when a social media venue changes or falls out of favor, if you had been talking about it in any of your drips, you need to go remove that. And then you have to go further, like Karen was saying, check every aspect of it. Does your image link to something? What is it linked to? Does that page still resolve? Is it still current? Is the content still current? And while you're at it, look for typos. Yes. And a lot of times we put an image in a drip campaign and the alt tag, make sure that that goes with the topic, not just brought over because you did a save as or a duplicate. And so the tag and the link don't match that one. They went with the one that you copied from. Test every piece of it. Test the call to action button at the bottom. As we know with drips, it's usually one topic, one call to action. Make sure it all still works and resolves to not a broken link, but to something very current and still relevant. And that's the added layer on what we traditionally know as proofing. Right. For most of us, proofreading has been a paper, something that we've written, something that somebody has wanted to print. Whereas on the internet, there's extra layers of making sure that links aren't broken, that tags still are relevant, that all of that stuff needs to be part of that proofreading process. Well, and I look at what I'm going through right now on my site, you and Kendra are going through it. Folks, I recently moved, changed my theme and the new one is screaming fast, but my old one had short codes in it and things that are no longer applicable or relevant. And so now it's these stray codes that are in my posts, some of them, because I had done some formatting or columns and things. And because I was in such a rush to launch the site, because I know if I, for me, my own site, if I do it piece by piece, I'll never get to it, which is how I had that theme for five years <laughs> without updating it. And so to go back and looking at that type of thing, the structure, if you make a major update to your site, you're going to have to go back and look to make sure that old formatting, old things were not brought with it. And that's also part of proofing. So ideally to me on your calendars of tasks, we have a task calendar that's available on the susanfinch.com website and I'll, I'll put it on rooted in revenue as well, a link to it. The tasks that you should do regularly, whether it's quarterly, every six months, or once a year, this falls into that category. Once a year, go through all the drips, every one of them. When you get a new theme, or you change the structure of your website, or the back end, or the programming, you got to go through every single link that is in your sitemap, every single post to make sure it still looks right, that there wasn't something left over from the old structure, the old programming, whatever it was because that's part of proofing as well. And I would, you know, that's just a, a once, one-time thing. But the drips need to be proofed all the time. They need to be proofed at least once a year. Minimum. Right. And same with our social, you know, our social accounts and our social venues for our companies. Is it still current? I see so many people, they create LinkedIn pages because they know they're supposed to for their businesses. They do nothing with it. They may put their original statement, but it's so far behind it has nothing current. The image isn't current. You've changed the logo. Oh my gosh, folks, go through all of that. That's part of proofing. How often do you think people should go through their social um, profiles, their personal ones? Oh, I think probably once every quarter because privacy settings change, algorithms change, and sometimes you can tweak the whatever you're trying to present so that you are showing up or when people are in their, in their feed so you can share your information with them. So I'd say at least once every quarter for your business ones, I would say once a month. 
Right. Yeah. I look at LinkedIn. I recently helped out with the mock interviews at the high school. Yes. And so these were first time, you know, people that were learning how to take, have an interview, present a resume, present themselves. And the resumes talked about the most bizarre, obscure things that had nothing to do with what their goals were. And it had nothing to do with where they wanted to end up. So their resume did not support those goals. It's not a lot different on LinkedIn, folks. I love everything you did in the past and that's fine. And it makes us who we are. But make sure that what you want to be doing now or in the near future is supported by whatever you have in those bios. I just had a thought that they say, you know, dress for the job that you want, write for the job that you want. Correct. Have everything needs to support that goal, that future goal, whatever you're trying to get. Yes. Bring out those strengths. If people want to know that you had a job as, you know, a checker in high school, it's time to let go of that, folks. It's time to let go of some of those older things, unless it's relevant to where you are today, unless it gives you that credibility that, yes, because of that experience and this experience and that experience, it pulls it all together. Again, part of proofing, part of making money, part of generating revenue. So, Karen, with proofing forms, you know, we all think that we're just looking at the words, but shouldn't we be looking at the other pieces of it, who it goes to? Yes. What if you have somebody who you're no longer working with and they're getting all your contact info, contact forms? That's just floating. Yeah. Just, you, there goes money. There goes money. And the other piece of that, too, is what do you want for the next step? Do you want them to just get, thank you for submitting your form, or would you rather send them to a landing page that has another thing for them. Yes. They took the time to fill that out. Why not give them a gift? And we'll cover that in another episode on ways to maximize the effectiveness once you have their attention. And another thing on a form as well is required fields. Make sure that you are getting all of the information that you actually want from them by pushing them to fill out the information that you need in order for them to submit the form at all. I think that that's something that may be overlooked as well. And I'm stunned still with GDPR and everything else. How many sites still do not have a privacy statement that's readily available? What do you, folks, if you have a contact form, you're collecting personal information. You have to have something that says that, put it in your footer. You know, it's just privacy. There's sample ones out there all the time. A lot of the themes now for WordPress come with a stock one. You just have to go through and personalize it. Don't forget to personalize it though. Don't go with the stock one. And make sure it covers everything that's you. For sure, there are canned statements out there that are ready for you to make your own. But yeah. definitely, if you're, calling, if you're pulling information that somebody is trusting you with, don't mess around with that. Let them know that they can trust you. Well, and you have to. It's required now. You have to have that privacy statement on, folks. You have to have something to tell them what you're doing with their data, if anything, other than just responding to them. They need to know if you're sharing it out, if it goes into other systems, if it goes into other email lists, because that's a no-no too. So proof your forms, proof the process of the form, and think of it from an outsider standpoint. Would I trust this person enough to give them my information? And that comes with looping back around to the proofreading. If there's a typo on your homepage, you're never going to, they're not going to send you their information. because they, they, unless, they, unless they came into that form first and, not, and they got to skip the typo page. True. So, but that's True. the last thing we, I want to cover. When you're proofing your sites, folks, and you need to prioritize because your site's huge. Start with your analytics. Go to analytics and see what your most popular pages are that people are coming in from other sites, from whatever materials you're pushing out there, ads, anything you have, your ad click landing pages. Make sure those are proofed 
first. Make sure they are current first. Then swoop back and get all the other stuff. So I would prioritize the analytics first, take the top 10 pages first, and then do another 10, and then do another 10, and keep going all the way down. Look at it for the year, the traffic that you're getting. Because that'll give you a better thing than the last six months, or last six days, or last you know, month. Go for a whole year and see where they're going to make sure those pages are still active, current, and don't have typos or broken links. And that the links on them still work. Yes, and then all the links. If you're talking about other systems or other sites or a report you saw on a medical site, make sure you can still get to it. And if not, just remove the link. I just had to go through that with one client recently. He has so many great research links, but those sites have all been restructured or even gone away or been absorbed by larger companies. So half of them didn't work. And so here's the, here's a tip folks, before we close this up, use the Wayback machine web archive and search for that same link that's broken going back and you should be able to find it and you might be able to print that to PDF oh, if cool. you still want to use that. So that's a super handy thing to be able to do. And you know, you can strip out the wrapper and stuff from the web archive and make it look nice and tidy and do a PDF. So that's what I did for that client. I searched out everything that he had mentioned that was broken and found an old version of PDF before it was restruct the sites were restructured. So. I have another tool that's a good uh, tool to use for when you want to spell check pages, like multiple, multiple pages. Okay. Um, and I'll send a link to you so you can add it to. Okay. Show we'll it. put it, we'll put it in the show post. Great. All right. So folks, this has been Rooted in Revenue. I'm Susan Finch with my guest, Karen Maris, and you will want to go to rootedinrevenue.com to get some of these tips, these links and things that we're going to put in there to help you stop looking like a noob and not embarrass yourself and not cost your company and yourself money with typos and sloppiness. Thanks so much. So this has been Susan Finch on Rooted in Revenue. Go to rootedinrevenue.com. Catch all the replays. Subscribe to us on anywhere where you are from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Blueberry. We are where you are. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, check out all of our other shows at funnelradio.com. We have over 15 shows every week. So find another one. Subscribe to those too. Thanks for listening.